Greetings, I'm Liz Benversi, Agriculture Educator for UW Extension in Brown County, Wisconsin. Today we will continue our conversation and talk about heat stress and how we can manage feed storage on the farm to prevent heat damage, which can lower feed quality. On the panel today is Randy Shaver, Dairy Nutrition Specialist and Professor for UW-Madison and UW-Extension, Matt Lippert, Agriculture Agent for UW-Extension in Wood County, and myself. If we don't manage our feed storage right, we can get heat damage and feed spoilage. This can result in lower feed quality, and we want to do our best to provide the highest quality feed that we can to our dairy cattle. Randy, what are your recommendations for managing feed storage on the dairy farm, especially during these warmer summer months? Well, thank you, Liz. Uh, thanks for asking me to uh, discuss this very important topic. And I would just like to say that uh, this really starts many months uh, before we uh, get into uh, the heat stress period. It really comes down to harvesting and storing that crop uh, properly so that it ferments well and is less prone to spoilage when we get into some of these uh, hot, humid uh, periods uh, during the summer months. So for something like corn silage and high moisture corn uh, especially, which are very prone to aerobic uh, deterioration, uh, we need to make sure that we're harvesting at the right moisture content, uh, uh, processing or chopping properly, uh, packing properly. Uh, there are some inoculants that uh, are helpful with the back end or the feed out uh, side in terms of uh, improving uh, aerobic stability at feed out and then also covering the silo. And then as we get into the actual feeding of this material, again hopefully it's very well fermented and we've done the best job that we could on the front end but it really comes down to removal of silage, removing enough each day so that we can stay ahead of any heating that's occurring on the face. So that comes down to having the proper si uh, silo sizing relative to uh, herd size. And then uh, really managing that face to minimize heating and spoilage that can occur. So uh, shaving the face, peeling it very tightly, not shaving silage down and leaving it lay for longer periods, but really managing the silo face um, very well so that we can minimize um, that heating. And then as we get into the TMR, it really comes to the assessment and to see if that um, TMR is getting hot in the feed bunk as we go throughout the day. And one of the strategies here might be to feed more frequently in those periods so that we simply deliver less feed uh, at any one time and so it doesn't have as much chance to spoil when exposed to oxygen. So we might feed twice a day as opposed to once or even three times if we were already feeding twice. And then there are uh, different products. These are uh, largely acid-based products, buffered uh, acetic acid or buffered benzoic acid that can uh, reduce the uh, exponential growth of yeast uh, once that uh, TMR is exposed to the air and sitting out in the feed bunk. So uh, particularly during the summer months, these products uh, may come into play uh, to try to help uh, minimize uh, spoilage, which can adversely affect feed intake and the energy value of the feed and uh, really impacts how those cows uh, can meet their nutritional needs during those heat stress periods. 
is. Uh, there's a number of other areas that um, uh, I probably haven't addressed. Uh, would you like to add uh, to that discussion? Yes, thank you, Randy. I thought you did a great job talking about uh, face management and managing those cracks and crevices um, to reduce spoilage and, um, and losses. Another thing to, for producers to keep an eye out for are both the visual clues as well as the odors um, that are coming off of the pile. A yellowish hue uh, could be an indicator of silages with a high acetic acid content, whereas a slimy green color may point to a high butyrate content in the silage. And a brown to black colored silage usually means there was heating from fermentation and moisture lossage. And the reason why this is important to notice is because these silages are then at more risk for developing mold. And if you see some white discoloration to the silage, this is usually caused by a secondary mold growth. You can also use your nose in addition to your eyes to detect possible issues with, uh, with silage. Normal silage should have a little bit of an odor to it, which is normal and is caused by uh, lactic acid. But a vinegar smell is more typical of an acetic acid, um, and yeast fermentation can give uh, silage an alcohol odor. So if you smell a sort of rancid butter odor, that smell is typically caused by clostridial fermentation. Propionic acid causes a sharp or sweet smell, and heat-damaged silage causes a caramelized or tobacco-like smell. And then any silage that has a musty mildew or like a rotten smell is usually caused by mold, and this isn't good for silage quality either. So we want to be sure to keep an eye and a nose out on silage and the feed quality because if it, if it smells bad to you, then it usually doesn't taste that great to dairy cattle either. So you may see more feed refusals and whatnot. And um, lastly, a final tip for feed out, um, especially if you're delivering feed once a day or, or even twice a day, um, is to do more of your feeding at night um, in the eve cooler evening hours. The feed will stay fresher in the bunk during the cooler nighttime temperatures than during the heat of the day. And also it's a more comfortable time for cows to eat because a cow can't avoid creating heat while she eats, but it won't be um, as hot for her because the outside temperature will be cooler. So when cows are delivered new feed during the heat of the day, any digestion that happens will add more heat to the cow's body, adding further insult to injury but at nighttime, there's less of this additive um, heat effect. Um, Matt, do you have anything else to add? Well, well thank you, Liz. Uh, I think you guys covered quite a few things here, but uh, just uh, thinking of a few possible areas, uh, when we're looking at managing those uh, feed bunk areas, uh, bases, uh, uh, it's not too unusual to be handling uh, two grades of haylage, uh, maybe one that's uh, a first crop that maybe is lower in energy and, and the, uh, later cutting it's higher in protein. We're trying to balance this ration. Maybe in the middle of summer it might be time to uh, um, think that uh, uh, just to keep ahead of those feed phases uh, to just be go going through and managing fewer different forage sources at one time uh, might help us to uh, go through those uh, bunker storage faster or, or in tower silos. And then I, I know uh, another area I think would be nice to cover is that besides the milking herd, um, we got to make sure those little calves are getting uh, water and uh, uh, changing that water frequently. Um, they'll also probably wet calf starter more uh, in the summer, so um, 
uh, that might be a thing to keep the cast starter fresh. If, if we have any amount of flies, we're going to get uh, we're going to get problems with that in in uh, calf facilities too. So um, certainly uh, things we can do with the milking cows, but there's um, also potential to help things uh, for for little baby calves as well. Thank you again to our panel for today.